104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. After a week off, we are back, rested, and ready for another round of Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show. I am Joe Weston, the cat wrangler around here. <laughs> Joined by... He doesn't like to be called a legend, so I don't know what to call you. Just uh, an amazing individual, Ned Reynolds. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. But I, I'm, I'm interested in your philosophical approach to wrangling the cats. How are you doing it? Uh, not very, <laughs> not, I never do it very well, so Poorly. I just I just kind of stand in the corner and then uh, try to keep him from going out the door. <laughs> the B team, man, we got a lot of guys in the IRR. Josh Roberts... Jake Gallette, Jake the, the Traveler Gallette, he has got family in town. So, but we got our heavy hitter here. We got John Oliver in the studio. We don't need those other guys when we got John. How are you, John? I'm doing well. I'm a, I'm a man amongst men. What can I say? <laughs> man amongst men. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Any 4th of July plans, Ned? Well, let's see. Mine will be a little convoluted. Uh, we'll do chores around the house today and then uh, tomorrow. Well, we get the honor of marching in the Marshfield Parade as a as an honor flight member, and that's that's a big deal for us in the honor flight. It's mm-hmm. it's a, a great promotion for us, and yeah, that's something we're all looking forward to. And John, what about you? Uh, we're actually going to a friend's parents' house tonight. To uh, they always do a big fireworks show, have a nice potluck, so that'll be a lot of fun. And then tomorrow, I'm doing as little as humanly possible. Just gonna <laughs> lay in the middle of the living room floor with the air conditioner full blast. I may just do snow angels in my yard. I, I got a know. new chair yesterday, so I think I'm just going to uh, try out that chair this afternoon. Break it in, possibly some of tomorrow. Okay. Let's start out with our uh, our weekly hit up for everybody to go to our mm-hmm. our Chiefs Happy Hour, which is happening July fourteenth down at the Blue Room Comedy Club. That's part of College Station, right across from the movie theater down there. And it's a really cool yeah, place. To really nice place. Nice place. Great article about them in the Business Journal this week, and they're going to be the host for this year's. Happy Hour, which is double-sized this year. Not only is Mitch Holtus be here, it is Dana Hughes, and I'm excited for it. Ned? It'll be a lot of fun. It always is. Mitch has been down here solo in the past, which is fine because he is... He's the chief tub thumper as far as the media is concerned, and, and he does he does such a great job. He has such a, uh, uh, an overwhelming knowledge of Kansas City history and of the Chiefs. And Danan, his not-so-new now uh, analyst on the show, on, on his broadcast, is really, really good. Danan's a sharp guy, All-America at Iowa, mm-hmm. t- fine receiver with the Kansas City Chiefs, and also, what few realize, a former minor league baseball player mm-hmm. in the Milwaukee Brewer system. And he told me once, he said, you know, Reynolds, th- this is heresy, I know, but I really love baseball more than anything else. That's great. I thought this is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tickets for this event are on sale right now. At our website, which is 1047thecave.com. It includes a meal and tickets to the event. There's a VIP tickets that are going on there. You can buy tables. It is a lot of fun. This is, uh, I think, the fifth year that we've done this, the fourth Sounds or fifth. Yeah. And it is just a lot of fun. It'll get you in the mood for football, that's for sure. And especially in a hot August. Hot, well, July seems like August now. In a hot <laughs> July, it'll keep, be great to get ready for some football. Keep in mind, Joe, that when we have this, this is the 14th of July, which is a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. When that happens, Chiefs training camp is a mere two weeks away. Wow. I mean, that's just two weeks. 
And uh, they'll be going to St. Joe and getting ready and then having their first preseason game. I think there's, I have to go back in my foggy mind bank <laughs> at the moment. I think it's the 13th of August. I think it's their first one, but mm. I'm not 100% positive. Nonetheless, uh, it will be significant because it's closing in on the, the opener. Mm-hmm. If your mind's foggy, mind's London. That's what, that's, <laughs> if you describe your mind as being foggy, yeah, that's what I do. Let's start out, let's talk a little college football because there was a, si- I, I would say, seismic shift in college mm-hmm. football this week. It's one of many to come, in all yep. honesty. and it, It's nothing new to have teams changing conferences, my gosh. When this happened, I, I got to thinking about what's the first one that I really fully remember, and it was Michigan State joining the Big Ten, yes. which was in 1950. You guys weren't even born then, mm-hmm. and I was a kid, <laughs> but I do remember that happening, and that was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, of course, we've had all sorts of changes. The really big cataclysmic portion of it occurred is occurring now, but started in 2010, 2011, 2012, Mizzou in the SEC and mm-hmm. Nebraska in the Big Ten and all the shifting Colorado leaving the uh, Big Age and going out to the Pac-12 and so forth and so on. And it's happening in, in increments. And it's all, and this is a private opinion, I base this on nothing other than observation. It is all part of the master plan for college football, and that master plan is to create either two, three, and maybe even four, but I think it's probably either two or three, major conferences, and and not really even conferences, but major groupings Mm -hmm. of the high-powered college football teams in the country, what is it, 55, 60, 65, somewhere around there, that may in time leave the NCAA and start making their own rules, which will include being kind of a, a... minor league to professional football in the NFL, maybe even financed by the NFL, making their own rules, playing amongst themselves, but most of all, getting all the money. And there is a considerable amount of money with all of the TV deals. Right now, we're seeing seeing a change that's incremental in nature, but see Southern Cal and uh, UCLA, two of the cornerstones of the Pac-12, leaving So what happens to the others? Well, I think Oregon and Washington eventually leave, maybe even like in the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. Then what happens to Washington State and Oregon State and California and Stanford? My goodness sake, well, they go to perhaps another conference. It's all all part of this major shift that's going on. So do you see the Pac-12 is just eventually going away yes really do. mm-hmm. you don't do. see you don't see a big strike back where they go and grab a couple of schools well, and try to keep themselves propped up joe i do see that yes that could happen but i think it's very temporary if it does mm-hmm. because again we're morphing into this this amalgam of major colleges across the country so yeah that could happen it could be the san diego state and a few of them join what is the ghost of the pac-12 when this hit me <laughs> and and again i'm always a suspicious of nature but out in california the the university of california has a number of the university of california is the mothership It is the major university for a lot of divisions. There's UC San Diego, there's UC Riverside, there's Mm -hmm. UC something else. And and they all have different presidents, but they're all one board of regents, which sits in Berkeley Mm -hmm. at the mothership, the mother university. So one of the UCs, ladies and gentlemen, is UC Los Angeles, otherwise known as UCLA. Mm. You 
mean to tell me that they did something autonomous that the mothership did not know about? Rubbish. They all knew this was coming. They had to. So I think there's probably an underlying plan to perhaps circumvent all of the other situations that might occur and continue on with their own. Something has to happen to Stanford and California. Those two, hey, these are two of the most highly regarded academic institutions in the world. And to leave them out on an athletic uh, island somewhere, no way. Mm -hmm. No way that happens. So let me ask you guys this. Who's the... Who's going to be the winners and losers as all this shakes out? The SEC, obviously, is top of the list winner. Well, the SEC, uh, the Big Ten, that's what they're doing. They, these are two of the major institutions in time, and it's not going to be in my lifetime, but in time they're going to absorb a lot of other schools and become these two major and maybe three major leagues in the country that have football as their primary basis. What happens to the SEC this time? Nothing. It's still it's still hugely lucrative. Why do you think Missouri joined them? Oh well, I mean, yeah, they've got their own network. So I mean, I know, and so is the Big Ten. So I mean, I know it's all about money, but it's a shame to see. You know, John and I grew up as, uh, and you've been here for a number of, well, fifty plus years. So you know, uh, this is Big Twelve country. So mm -hmm. and that's going to be one of the big losers in this whole thing. Was was Big Twelve was. country because with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big yeah. Twelve now, mm -hmm. that leaves just a ghost of a conference. Yeah, and that won't happen until twenty twenty four on a realistic basis. That mm -hmm. gives them time to absorb maybe some other teams, which they will already mm -hmm. have: Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, uh, those and Brigham Young. But that's again, gang, only temporary because that's all going to change as well. What do you think, John? You're seeing a seismic shift in college sports overall. Um, football is obviously the big money maker. There's no surprise there. Basketball's lucrative. You know, other sports, including baseball, aren't quite as lucrative. They aren't attended. They aren't watched on TV as frequently. So, you know, the NIL deal was a huge step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the amount of money the NCAA and these universities made off of these athletes which, you know, maybe 10% of them go pro, I think it's great that they have this ability to make some revenue because you can say, why don't they get a job? Well, folks, you don't know the practice schedule, the appearances they need to make, the game schedules. That's hard for them, and that's where those illegal benefits start pouring in from boosters. This is a good way to counter that. It's the same thing nationally with what's happening with the conferences. I was a Big 8 fan growing up, if we can remember back that far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when it started to happen where the Big 8 had 10 teams, that's when I lost faith in conferences when the numbers didn't start to match. So I think what you will see, Ned alluded to it, and I completely agree, you're going to see a feeder system for the pros. It's going to, whether it involves all collegiate teams, I don't know that. But, you know, the main, I don't want to say 64 because that sounds too much like the NCAA tournament, but a good number, maybe even up to 100 teams, are going to be split into some sort of divisions, and then you're going to see basically power conferences now whether or not the ncaa counters at that point if they move out on their own and you know tries to make bigger conferences out of the teams that remain what have you there's too much money to be made here and let's be honest everything comes down to the almighty dollar eventually there's way too much money in the bowl games the big matchups the alabamas the lsus all of those teams it's it's somebody is going to make money off of it and the ncaa has controlled that for too long ned talk on 104.7 the cave your local live sports talk show joe weston john oliver 
Ned Reynolds, of course, and we're talking about the shift in college sports. And one of the things that I wanted to get both your opinions on is that this is all football driven. So when you look over, when you look over to basketball, the SEC's good in basketball, not great. And the big conferences in basketball, Big Ten's still there, ACC, Big East, mm-hmm. and Pac-12, all big conferences in as far as basketball goes. And part of this f- football driving the bus thing that bothers me is, you know, we grew up Mizzou and Kansas. We don't, mm. we don't get that anymore. No. So, you know, a lot of these great rivalries for other sports are being ruined. So mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that? What is going to happen to that is your question, and that is a very, very good question. I, I found the, uh, the invitations to Southern Cal and UCLA by the uh, Big Ten extremely interesting for that particular reason. Southern Cal, you associate football with Southern Cal. You associate basketball with UCLA. They're a blue blood. So wait a minute. Why why are they differentiating here? You could have Southern Cal and Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oregon is much more associated with football than it is basketball. But why did they do that? Well, it's because eventually, somewhere along the line, it may it is football driven. And football is the key. That's where the money is. So what happens to the basketball tournaments? And like John pointed out, look at baseball. My mm-hmm. goodness sake, up in Omaha for the World Series, sold out for every game. Yep. Hey, they, that's a moneymaker in and of that's itself. Great. But it is not the overwhelming moneymaker. It mm-hmm. could be that there will be, in time, differing governing bodies for this. In other words, the NCAA might die, might be forced out of the football thing, divest mm-hmm. themselves completely of that, and then just take over the other sports. And I think many in the colli- uh, collegiate ranks would agree with that. That's how it happened. Rules just for baseball, mm-hmm. um, basketball, uh, and uh, yeah, baseball, basketball, and maybe water polo and hockey and some of the other things like that. And then football by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that sounds almost like the inmates running the asylum. In a oh, sense, it does. In the sense it is. It mm-hmm. is the inmates running the asylum, but the inmates are the ones getting the money. And you have to understand how the NCAA works. The NCAA is not just a group of people in Indianapolis making the rules. The NCAA is the colleges. Yes. They are all of them. And what the big colleges have said, is they're tired of going to these meetings and making decisions among themselves and then seeing, uh, maybe just use this as an example, Appalachian State or maybe... Oh, some other smaller school, Pittsburgh State or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, we object to that. Wait a minute. Who are these people? Get them out of here. Mm-hmm. We're the ones making the money. They want to be by themselves. What's that going to do to the overall sport? What's it going to do to college sports, period, though? <laughs> I mean, th- I mean, that's my big question when we talk about this, that the NCAA, what do, the, what do they do to try to counteract this is my first question. And my second question, I guess, out of all of this is what, I mean, put on your your amazing Kreskin hat and tell me what you see. <laughs> well, I can tell you this right now, the NCAA has already backed down on a couple of issues. Mm-hmm. The nil and the transfer portal, hey, this was all, this was not part of their rules. And nil they finally came to the conclusion they start to challenge nil and you're going to the courtroom and you're going to lose in the courtroom. So, hey, all right, okay, we'll back down now. Now, the nil does not fall under college auspices. It falls under the state. 
Mm -hmm. States are the ones who make the legal rules on what a player can be paid and what he can't be paid. Transfer portal, that is NCAA. Mm -hmm. But then they backed down and gave the one-year transfer rule. The NCAA is going to have to back down on a lot of these things. That's why I think they may just divest themselves completely in time of control over football and mm -hmm. take over the other sports. And again, Joe, keep in mind, the NCAA is the colleges. They're the ones yeah. who make the decisions. Mm -hmm. We could probably talk about this for the full hour, but we're <laughs> really up against our first break. So let's quickly... Is this all long-term, good or bad for the health of college football? Uh, honestly, I think it makes sense. But there's the nostalgic part of me. You know, I mentioned the Big Eight. I grew up an Oklahoma fan. The Oklahoma-Oklahoma State rivalry. Ooh. Oklahoma and Missouri. Missouri and Kansas. Those were death matches. People lived and died on those. And I think yeah. you're going to see those traditional rivalries completely evaporate, so which is sad. To, uh, evaporate, uh, which is an unfortunate circumstance. How about traditions like the Rose Bowl? Yes. My goodness. Some sake, of the rivalry right. games just don't mm -hmm. won't, won't mean anything anymore. Well, uh, limited. It'll, limited. It, they'll mean something. They always are to the alums. But uh, times are changing. That's mm -hmm. the way that we, we morph in society in every single respect that we do, and now we're seeing this in athletics. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll be back, and we'll talk some more about some changes in baseball. C-3PO could be your next umpire. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. If you missed us hawking it earlier, our Chiefs happy hour coming up July 14th. Ned Reynolds will be there. Art Haynes will be there. Dane and Hughes will be there. Mitch Holtis. And it should be a good time at the Blue Room Cough at Comedy Club. And that's downtown in the College Park. Mm -hmm. You can get tickets right now at 1047thecave.com. We were talking college sports. Now let's turn to professional baseball. Mm -hmm. Our good friend Rob Manfred, in case you don't know, <laughs> he is the uh, commissioner of Major League Baseball. He's a regular listener of this show. I, I hear it from good authority that Mr. Manfred streams this online. And this week he said, by 2024, there will be robotic umpires mm -hmm. for balls and strikes only at the major league level. Your thoughts? I suspect he is right. Uh, Bob Nightingale oh, runs the, the show. Well, yeah. Nightingale, who I... I perceive and uh, suggest as the best baseball writer in the world right yes. now, has said the same thing. He said, yeah, the time has come for robo-umps. Now, that doesn't mean the human being will be taken out of the element. They will be right there. There will be a, mm -hmm. a, a person active overseeing the robo-ump. But because, okay, we're going to name-calling again, the likes of Angel Hernandez and people mm -hmm. like that who have no idea what a strike zone should be, and he's just one. There are others. Mm -hmm. uh, b because of that and because of the really uh, pronounced specific focusing of TV cameras on the game, you can see what should be strikes and what shouldn't mm -hmm. be. And that's where the electronic eye will come into effect. And, yeah, I think it's probably going to happen. 
what are your thoughts on that? Do you like it? Uh, I would lean more toward not liking it because mm-hmm. I'm still a proponent of the human element. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen what what uh, the mechanics, what the electronics can do with with errors that are made in base running and foul balls and umpires calls there. I've seen the the focus on that and the numbers that are overturned. It is not a great majority that are overturned, but it does make for mm-hmm. a circumstance in which you can say, hey, it is effective. And I think probably a balls and strikes would be effective. No, I would prefer the human element, but if that's not going to be effective, then bring in the robo. What do you think, John? Uh, I'm a little sad about it just because I've grown up so much with the human element. You know, you have pitchers that knew they could nibble at the corners, and I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of disappear with robo-ups. However, with, as Ned alluded to, the technology and everything, there is so much scrutiny right now. And for the good portion of Major League Baseball umpires, they do a great job. Oh, yeah. I've always said you can tell if it's a great umpire if you know their name or not. If you know their name then they've done things to make the game about them, unless they're a long-tenured one for many years. Country Joe West. Joe West, Angel Hernandez, C.B. Buckner. The problem there is, and (laughs) I have, you know, I have friends that have debated me on this, and I understand their point. They talk about, you know, Hernandez has been here for years. He knows what he's doing. Not really. I'll counter that. If we take this across, and this is an extreme example to other professions, an air traffic controller can land 300 planes, but if he misses nine times... (laughs) I think that's going to be scrutinized. So at the same level, if you're a professional umpire, your success rate should be higher than what Angel Hernandez is. And it's affecting the game in a in a poor way at that point. What, can't I mean, really, honestly, I agree with you wholeheartedly, John, that mm-hmm. most of the umpires do a really terrific job. Absolutely. And at the pace the game moves mm-hmm. and, and officiating period is generally very good mm-hmm. at all levels of sports. When they make a mistake, it is, you know, it's pronounced because we can see it mm-hmm. over and over and over <laughs> and over again. And we think, we think, why can't we do something about this? I blame Fox Sports for this because they're the ones that like have, you know, slowed everything down oh to gosh. a micron. And then they take almost everything like they're looking for that bad call that that's going to turn the game. Oh, sure. And, and so, I, you know, I am I grew up, and again, I'm here, I'm being the old guy. I, I want to sell this, by the way. Next week, we're going to have a younger guy on. He's just mm-hmm. turning 30 this week. Oh, wow. So we're going to have a younger guy on, so it'd be nice to have some young guy opinion. But, uh, you know, I remember the old red jackets, the old red sport oh, coats yeah. that the umpires wore and that the one league was more pronounced lower in the strike zone and the other <laughs> yes. league was more pronounced higher in the strike zone because there were different umpires mm-hmm. hired for different leagues and they didn't cross over. Mm-hmm. And the robo-ump is just not something I want to see. No, and, and I can understand exactly what your criticism is, but you also have to understand, Joe, and you are right in damning the media the way you do mm-hmm. because that is the nature of the media, not just in sports, mm-hmm. But in everything, look for the critical error and then mm-hmm. point it out. It's all bad and all this. God, God makes me sick mm-hmm. that I was once a part of this. But that's not what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to report on facts and figures and report on them in a perfectly neutral state. And we do not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. Having said all of that, 
everything changes. Society is changing. Mm-hmm. We're seeing changing in world dominance and so forth and so on. And sports is going through that change. You mm-hmm. can't expect everything to remain the same as it always has been. And as a result, we... And, and since the electronics is so minute now that it mm-hmm. can come up with uh, definitive assessments, uh, no, it's, it's, I'm afraid, going to come on. Sure, it takes away from the human element. And yes, everybody makes mistakes. That, it, that does happen. But we're also in a non-tolerant society now. We are. And also the technology, I want to point that out. We're watching games in 8K resolution now. Mm-hmm. And let alone all of the major networks that carry them have things that can track the direct path of the ball with the strike zone in front of it. I mean, there's so much scrutiny just because of the technology that's being used. What I've noticed, though, when I watch the games, and the strike box being up there, Mm -hmm. is that one thing is that as close as that is, umpires get that mostly right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're really, really on it. You You will see a pitch and you'll go, that was a strike, and then they'll show the overhead cam. Mm-hmm. You can see that it goes out. And then it also just amazes you athletically what some of these pitchers can do. Um, CC Sabathia, for example, oh, could yeah. throw a strike around <laughs> the plate. Yep. He could actually throw it, and it would hit the back tip of the plate. Mm-hmm. It would miss the f- whole front part. And guys are just amazing at the things that they're able to do. Yep. But I agree with you. I mean, the human element... We're losing that as part of the game, and I think Mm -hmm. this is just... So uh, let me ask you guys this, because I have not seen anything about how this works. Mm -hmm. Do either one of you know the mechanics of it? No, other than the fact that the electronic system will be there, and the umpire, there will be an umpire there. He will be appointed to overseeing that to make sure it works, and maybe to offer as the ombudsman, so to speak, should there be some level of disagreement. Mm Mm-hmm. But in, in terms of the electronics, you know, I'm a dunce. I don't know how that's going to happen. Well, yeah. it, uh, I, I assume that this is being used at some level of baseball. Minor right league now. baseball, minors, yeah. yeah, yeah. Independent are. leagues, minor leagues, they're testing it out. The reviews have been mixed. I mean, of course, and you figure they would be. I think a lot of people, the human element is completely taken out. Now, the technology is very precise, very exact. It tracks it by the arc where it hits where it crosses the plate, all of that. How does it know the difference in player size? I mean, you know, Jose Altuve comes up and then Aaron Judge bats. Mm-hmm. How, do, how does it know the difference? It doesn't. That's the problem. The strike zone will be consistent. But it can't be consistent, well, though, because I, their strike zones are different. <laughs> I know. But that may be where the human umpire comes yep. into effect there. Yeah, because there's, I mean, you know, one of those guys is 5'10", and yeah. the other guy is 6'8". Yeah. So <laughs> their strike zone's completely different. Right, Altuve versus Aaron Judge. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah. The strike zones, I mean, to point this out for the casual fan, I mean, the strike zone changes with the size of the player. Mm-hmm. You uh, made the point, uh, John, as to where it is. I think it's the Atlantic League. Atlantic is the one. League, yes. That's the uh, independent mm-hmm. league that's testing. That's the highest power of the independent leagues in the mm-hmm. country, and it's a great proving grounds. It's where a lot of the uh, preliminary mm-hmm. items have been have been tested and I think either either pronounced effective or said, no, let's not even mess with this. It's, it's not going to work. So there's the one to look at, what the results are from the Atlantic League and when, and it's a matter of when and not if, that this uh, robo-ump will come into effect. 
Will the human element be taken completely out of it? No. There's always going to be a room for human judgment and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. But it does mean that the game is morphing. It is changing in every single respect, not just here, but in every single level of the sports world and society for that matter. Okay, I want you to pick. Both of you have to do this. Which of the four following robots would you want to be your umpire? C-3PO, R2-D2, Robbie the Robot. This one's a little iffy. Data. I think I'd go with C-3PO because he's just programmed in black and white. He's just, well, okay, you're right. What about you? Jeez, I can't, guys, I can't answer. <laughs> R2-D2, see, I think R2-D2's out, even though he's at the right level, uh, but he doesn't have arms. One, it, it's beeps, like yeah. two beeps for a strike. One, how about beep. how about Big Blue? That was the very <laughs> first go, one. Yes, Big the supercomputer. That yes. was the super one. I'm going with Robbie the robot. Oh, okay. Give you my choice, those little arms. <laughs> Where, uh, you have to forgive me. Uh, what is Robbie the robot? Lost, Lost in, in space. space. No, I didn't see yeah. it. Didn't watch, oh, you're fine. didn't watch that show? No. No. Oh, heaven. <laughs> Heavens to Betsy. We'll be back with more Ned Talk and Robot Talk in a minute. <laughs> You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We're watching World Championship Tag. We think it, we think it is. We're not <laughs> we sure. Think it is, yeah. We're not sure. WCT. That's what it's called. It's uh, it's disturbing and interesting at the same time. Yeah, these are international teams. Do they have this. electronic judging? I, I don't know. They don't have robots in this one. <laughs> They're behind the times. <laughs> They're just not up with Major League Baseball. Let's stay on Major League Baseball, though, because it is summertime. And baseball's going on in the St. Louis mm -hmm. Cardinals. They have, uh, they've got a couple of hot players, extremely hot players right now, but they're not playing incredibly well. Your in thoughts? my opinion, they're a very inconsistent baseball team. Yes. Brought about no, in no small part by injuries. For instance, Harrison Bader's not playing right mm -hmm. now, and you have other players who are on the sidelines for various and sundry nagging problems. Mm -hmm. But it's, yes, you have several, Goldschmidt being one of them, just on fire, Arnado being one of them, and Yepes. Yepes mm -hmm. was here, folks, as a Springfield Cardinal last year, and he was, and John, you agree with me, not overly impressive down no. here. I mean, a good player, but not somebody you thought was going to rocket to the majors. Boy, he has gone up there, and he mm -hmm. is hitting the daylights out of the baseball in a regular, he's he's one of the, the star players mm -hmm. now, he's, he's in the field, and which is fine. But in terms of the balance in their lineup, I'm a little, little bit questioning their their strategy. I'm going to give you a case in point. Yesterday they hit four consecutive home runs in the first inning. Four of them. Arnado hit one, and then bang, 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 three straight after that, all solo home runs. Mm -hmm. Gave them a five nothing lead. Inning and a half later, that lead is gone. Exactly. Now, what on earth is this? You've got a nice. Where, where's your pitching? This guy, Libertor, who they brought up, Matt Libertor, is good, but he needs a lot of work. Mm -hmm. A lot of work. And I think they've got to find some level of consistency in their pitching. And I'm wondering if, if 
Let's see. It's not July 31st. I don't think. I think it's August 1st or 2nd that the trade deadline is. August 1st, yeah. Uh, They're going to have to make a deal for a starting pitcher somewhere along the line. When they do, whomever they might choose, is the opposing team going to want, hmm, see, you've got a Jordan Walker down there and you have a Mason Wynn who looks... No, I tell you, they're they're going to have to give up something to get some. Yeah, you're exactly right on that, Ned. They've got some really interesting prospects. They've got to do something with the pitching staff, though. I mean, the injuries, the inconsistency, I think... Uh, it, this is now a four-letter word, even though it's many more letters to Cardinals fans, internal options. We, nobody wants to hear that anymore. With the offense they've put up, they should be winning more ball games. Flaherty, I don't know that he's going to be back again this year. I think it may be something we just kind of wait and see next year. He's got a lot of things going on. There are pitching options out there. Uh, I think you're exactly right. People are going to ask for the moon. I don't think the Cardinals would part with Walker. For pitching help. Now, Nate Burleson, Mason Wynn, those type of guys, absolutely. And it it hurts to give up prospects. And I know, you know, as a Cardinals fan, I get attached to these guys. But at the same time, you've got to deal from within sometimes to help the big league club. We have a very rich farm system right now. Not really in pitching, though. We have a very good positional farm right now. You're going to have to give some to get some. Soul, a kid down here, and and you have seen him too, and that's their number one draft choice last year who has pitched very well. And then their number, let's see, the Villanova kid is, I think, a number two draft choice or three, mm-hmm. somewhere along the line. Those two kids, Grisifo and, um, oh, God, I've drawn a blank now. Is it McGreevy? McGreevy. Yep. Mike McGreevy. Uh, these, these guys have a lot of capabilities about them. Still have a ways to go mm-hmm. to develop. But therein lies, I think, a key to their their pitching strength somewhere along the line. And we're seeing them down here. Mm-hmm. I saw we did a televised game on last Thursday night, Balesy and Scott Bales and I. And uh, one of the kids who played shortstop found this to be extremely interesting. And what we were talking about, you've got to give up something to get something, was Toronto's, the Toronto Blue Jays' number one draft choice last year came a kid's name, Austin Martin. Oh, yes. He went to, of all places, Vanderbilt. Yep. Thank you. And playing at shortstop. My God, why did they get rid of him? Because they wanted Jose Barrios. Exactly. And Jose Barrios is in there in Toronto's starting uh, mm-hmm. rotation right now. Mm-hmm. You've got to do that. So somewhere along the line, maybe mm-hmm. the Cardinals will have to part with somebody. Absolutely. If you look at the big prospects, O'Neill Cruz, you know, Wander Franco, those were homegrown. But if you go down all of the other prospects, they started in other organizations. And in fact, I take that back on O'Neill Cruz. He was originally drafted by the Dodgers and then was traded to the Pirates. So, I mean, you look at most of these kids' history, they've been involved in some trade for a huge arm or a huge bat. It's not uncommon, and if you want to compete, you're going to have to do it, St. Louis fans. Cardinals faced one of their former members the other night, mm-hmm. Sandy Alcantara. Yes. And all he did was go the distance and get the <sighs> win in an in, uh, extra inning game. Yeah, I mean, Alcantara is just absolutely stunning. I mean, if he was anywhere but Florida, we'd be talking about him every night on the news. <laughs> uh, they've definitely given away some things. The, I mean, most trades have worked out in favor of the Cardinals. The Marcelo Zuna trade is one where I look back, and it it has not aged well at all. If I remember correctly, when the Cardinals made that trade, they really wanted Christian Yelich. They did. And mm-hmm. he went to Milwaukee instead, so they mm-hmm. got uh, Osuna, and mm-hmm. Osuna... I don't think they knew what kind of a mental frame he would have. And mm-hmm. it's, 
He's still with the Atlanta Braves, of course, but over and above that, he's also an F-L-A-K-E. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you guys throw out the baby with the bathwater, the Cardinals have the sixth best record in the yes. National League right mm-hmm. now. They're 5-5 five and five over the last 10 games. They're mm-hmm. one game behind the Milwaukee Brewers, who mm-hmm. played fairly inconsistently this season. The only team that has played well over the last 10 games in the National League Central is the Chicago Cubs. That's right. Now, here's Mr. Negativity, yes, Ned Reynolds. Med Reynolds. Right, you're talking about uh, you're talking about the Cardinals having the best record. That's true. Look at the division that they're playing in. Mm-hmm. It is the weakest in baseball. You have the Cardinals and the Brewers and then everybody <laughs> they'll else. They'll be in the playoffs today, though. Oh, I think they will be in the playoffs. They're, playoffs. Oh, they'll yeah. be, they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Don't get the Yes, they will be a playoff team because the playoffs have 12 teams in it this year, the three division winners and three wild cards. And they'll certainly fall into that category, no question about that. I do think, in all honesty, I do think the Central Division winner will be There will only be one wild card out of that, whoever finishes in second place, whereas the National League East and National League West are capable of having three each. Yes. And, Joe, I think Cardinals fans are a little jealous of your Yankees when you look over and you see Jameis Italian, Jordan Montgomery, Nestor Cortez, Garrett Cole. Who's the one? Severino, is that the one I'm missing? Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's a great five. Yes, and I've said this the last couple of weeks. If you read off that list before the season started, it didn't put you in any Mm -hmm. disturbing spot. You weren't like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. I mean, as a Yankee fan, you were going, they're going to have to get some help. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't think they can count on it all the way through the season. They've stayed healthy, Mm -hmm. um, and they have been the best starting rotation in baseball right now. But Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm um, I'm, I'm not sold yet. Gotcha. And I th- I'm I'm in the same boat that every, I think, baseball fan is out there right now. And that is, you know, as we get to the all-star break and we start thinking about that, because that's coming up in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. is where do, where do we go from here? What's mm-hmm. the trade deadline going to bring to our team? And so what do you see? I mean, what are the car- – you mentioned pitching. Who's going to be out there in baseball, John, that they can go after? Who's going to be available? <laughs> There's a couple of good arms for the – the Rays, however, they're thick in the playoffs like they yeah. are every year. I don't see them dealing from pitching. Um, they're really going to have to look at, you know, pitchers with the teams that are kind of out of it already. You know, Texas has some interesting arms. There's a kid named Dane Dunning that pitches for them that's very talented. We just faced Kyle Gibson and with the Phillies. He's a St. Louis kid. Unfortunately, he was the one that we hit four consecutive home runs off of. But, you know, he translates well to the Cardinals just in the fact that he, you know, he's not afraid to pitch to contact. He's a sinker ball pitcher. Let me throw a name out there. Mm-hmm. Zach Greinke. Yeah, Greinke. Yeah, Greinke I mean, has, a- has some capabilities. Mm-hmm. And the Royals, I'm sure, would be willing to part with him. For a price, of course, but he could certainly fit the bill. The mm-hmm. guy is, what, 38 years old? He has had circumstances that, well, he's not playing for a very good team right now, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate, but he can pitch. This guy can still throw mm-hmm. limited amount. He's not going to go nine innings, but he can still pitch. I think he would be a very viable uh, individual to have on your on your team. Oh, I, I absolutely do. There's a couple of teams that are going to have fire sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see Oakland. Having oh, a yes. fire sale, and they've got a, they've got a very good catcher. They've got a couple other good bats, and they've mm-hmm. got a couple of decent starting pitchers that could make a difference for a team down the road. Mm-hmm. I see Detroit possibly having a fire sale. Mm-hmm. Maggie, uh, think Miggy goes somewhere. I don't think so, honestly. I think at this point, just with the history tied to him, I'm, 
I think they'll let him finish up in Detroit. He's a tiger. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Angels possibly having a fire sale. Yeah. Reds have already had theirs. <laughs> Reds Colorado. Had theirs. Colorado. I'd li- you know, I'd like to see, um, I can't think of his name right now. I know it's Charlie. Charlie whatever. Charlie Blackman? Charlie Blackman. I like to see him go to a winning team. Oh, yeah. I would, too. I mean, he's he's had a really good career, and he's he been with Colorado the entire time. You yeah. you feel for guys like that that, you know, just have have never really gotten to the postseason that often. He did, you know, I think he played with Holiday for a few years before Holiday retired there, and they had a couple of playoff runs, but they haven't come close lately. All right. Well, that's our baseball preview, or baseball review we'll come back and wrap up the show tell you what we're going to watch on tv this afternoon you're listening to ned talk on 104.7 the cave part of the kansas city chiefs radio network Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Chance of thunderstorms this afternoon, high about 85, and then the rest of the week it'll be Ned Reynolds temperature <laughs> near the hundreds. Have you, have you turned on your air conditioner yet? No AC, but I do have a window fan. Mm. Oh, lucky you. But no AC. The AC will not go on. I figured you would have like a you know, servants fanning you and feeding you grapes <laughs> at your house. Well, my cats have tried that. Oh, but no. okay. All right. I don't like the way cats fan. Well, kind of smoke. We treat our home, Joe, like a meat locker because obviously that's the way they preserve meat, and we subscribe to the same thing. We've been on like 71 degrees for a month and a half already. <laughs> that first utility bill hasn't hit yet in the new house. All right. Let's talk about what we're going to watch on uh, TV today. Ned, I know you have chores to do. I do. This afternoon, I have to get those chores out of the way because I plan on watching a little bit of the Cardinals and the Phillies tonight mm-hmm. on TV. Thank you. It's going to be on TV that I can receive yes. in my house. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll watch a little bit of that. We should all chip in and get you MLB Network so well, you can watch no, baseball. I can, it's not a matter of I can afford it. That's mm-hmm. just it. It's the concept of having to pay extra to watch something that I saw for free for so long. <laughs> I'm, well, keep I'm him, an old man. Keep in mind, Joe, he still won't get the Cardinals games. They're blacked out yes, here. Yes, yes, I know. Stupid, that, right? stupid blackout rules. Even even on the Bally even Sports? Not, well, Bally Sports still doesn't have an app. They've been promising it for three years well, they now. they don't have one? No. The only, the only service that you can get right now that carries them is DirecTV. And that is, that's blacked out. Yeah. Direct oh, TV isn't. That's oh, the sorry. only one where it's not you know, blacked out. You know out. what I hate, and I'm in the minority on this again, is if the if there's two national games on and one of them is like St. Louis or Kansas City, mm-hmm. and the other one is uh, another team that I want to watch by the name of New York Yankees, uh-huh. uh, they'll black out that game. Yeah, I know. And that just that annoys the crap out of me. Yeah. And for some reason, they always black out New York and Toronto. <laughs> Like there's a ton, like the Toronto's got a fan base here or something. Oh yeah, I don't know why that is. I so, want you to fess up to us. Do you have tickets for the uh, Cardinals Yankees series? I looked yesterday. There's oh still, nice. There's still tickets left, and I am I am seriously considering going. You better better be beyond seriously considering because they'll be gone. No, there's there's oh, lots yeah. of seats left. Nice. There's lots of seats to choose from. Not a lot that I could afford. <laughs> 
but there was there was a lot of seats left. I was looking at the cheap seats used to be five bucks. Oh, and that's ten no. times that amount now. Mm-hmm. It's fifty dollars for the cheap seats and nosebleeds. I'm sure. So, mm-hmm. what are you going to watch, John? Honestly, I don't know. I'll probably watch the Cardinals game later. John, can I point out to you? It's not July fourth. It's it's July third. Yeah, I know, but right. yeah, it's it's a whole weekend event at this point. And you know, you mentioned the rain. That's that's just nature's way of saying I'm going to tamp this down before all you guys blow yourselves to pieces. Oh, so. My dogs are going crazy already. <laughs> They're crazy. One slept in bed with us last night. Oh got my! Got in the middle at like three in the morning. Scratched me in the back and then just laid down. And then- <laughs> Pass gas the rest of the Personal night. story for what it's worth. Okay. But uh, I woke up about, uh, I think, 2.30, 3 o'clock, somewhere around there. Boom. Why are they exploding fireworks now? It wasn't. It was thunder and lightning. Oh, no. <laughs> Be sure to watch for Ned Reynolds in the hot dog eating contest tomorrow. Night will we'll not be out happen. There. Yeah. Oh, All right. Yikes. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. It's Ned Talk. If you're missing us, download us as a podcast at 1047thecave.com. We'll be posted there in just a few minutes. Thanks to Corbin Campbell, Brian Tindall, Nick Fury, and, of course, the vacationing Mike the Intern. We'll see you next week.